0: We are live. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Founder Hacks, our podcast where we share something we've seen, something we've read, and something we've learned that has been a source of inspiration for the entrepreneurs and founders that we work with. A very, very special episode this week as we are welcoming a special guest, um, I'm extremely excited to, to introduce everybody to uh, Richard Guyver. Uh, Richard is a serial entrepreneur, starting life as an operator of multi-site dental practices. He has diversified since into health tech as an advisor and investor. He's qualified as an IFA. He's established himself as a successful currency trader, alongside authoring his book, How to Live Another 400, uh, 4006 Days. Um, Richard... Uh, Journey has embraced both entrepreneurial success and life beyond. He is also dashing handsome and terrifyingly sexy. <laughs> a very excitable <laughs> welcome to Richard. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben. <laughs> You're very welcome. And of course, as ever, a slightly more moderated and uh, a thoughtful welcome to Mr. Anthony Enright. Hello, gentlemen. And to Mr. Alex Moore. Thank you. Hello, guys. Welcome, Richard.
1: Welcome, Dr. Guyver. Dr. Guyver. <laughs> you yeah, should, of course, say Richard is <laughs> a doctor.
0: So, um, very excited, Dave. We've got a really fantastic theme that, that Richard, I understand you, you've prepared your founder hacks around. And broadly, when we were sort of talking it through, it's the theme of keeping your head. So in your, your long and extensive experience and journey, many times we... Uh, unsurprisingly, we have to keep our heads when, when things are going a bit crazy, but that's uh, is that's is that kind of a good sense of the theme that you,
2: you've found for us? Yeah, I think uh, not only in business, but in life in general um, we get chopped curveballs and yeah, the way we deal with those and manage those certainly Helps us along to the next So Yeah, keeping your head seems keeping to be a head. pretty decent thing for this very cool very cool and of course um,
0: to, to get us started off with with, with a plomb, um, we have agreed you will break our rules, which we love. We love entrepreneurs that break the rules. So, um, nice to do yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so to help us uh, lose our heads, you, you, we, we're bucking the trend, and I believe you would like to start by sharing with us um, something you have learned.
2: That's right. Yes, I I did I, I did seek permission to break the rules, which sometimes <laughs> is the right thing to do and sometimes not, but it felt like it was on this occasion. So yes, the learned, my all-time learned. It refers back to when I started my first business back in 2008. And those with a decent memory will remember a certain financial crisis that occurred around about that time. And I was definitely going through time when I was losing money, but I was aware of other businesses that were doing well. um, And I wanted to know why. Mm -hmm. Um, And I spent quite a lot of time and energy searching for the silver bullet. What were they doing that I wasn't doing? And I, I worked quite hard on that, but it gradually dawned on me that there wasn't actually a silver bullet and that's my biggest learn and I, I worked out that it was easier to think of for example 10 ways to get 10 new customers than one way to get 100 new customers and it's easier to improve 25 bits of the business by four percent than to improve one part by 100 percent. and so for me realizing that there isn't a silver bullet and i was wasting my energy and resources searching for it actually unlocked opportunity for myself and ultimately my team to change and improve and grow the business and ultimately leading towards success or well, certainly a big factor towards success um, subsequently I've taken exactly the same principles I've acquired a business that was teaching on the edge of bankruptcy used those principles to turn it around so mm. that was that's my biggest learn. and what do I really like is almost like the poetry that's within this because it is a paradox so the understanding that there is no silver bullet was in itself a silver bullet for me. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice.
1: Brilliant. I, I, I um, As, as I, we sort of did the editorial and we were talking it through and hearing you talk through the process, um, a lot of organisations that I work with, when they hit that stuck moment, things can be going pretty well, but when they hit the stuck, I think sometimes they forget the small steps that they made in order to get to the to get to the goal and I tend to find this comes into play when when you get stuck and when you're in panic mode everyone's then searching for the one big thing that's going to get us out of this and it's it's just that empowering moment to understand that no no go back to what you did previously because how you grew your business before was step by step when you first set it up and step by step you you got to that point so I think it's just that I guess maturity that I see with organisations that I work with is just to understand. No, no, you have to go through that pain point again. There isn't just that one big thing that's going to going to going to take that away. And um, and and for those people that get it, and I hear it in your voice as well, Richard, is that it's empowering, right? And it does, and it also means that you can align people behind it and actually give purpose to to, to sourcing and searching for many different solutions of course then you've got to see which one works and how you track which ones work but but that's a better problem to have what do you think ben i love it i
0: love it i i I was just as i was listening i I also feel there's a slightly depressing element to this right because it would be so much easier if there was just one thing right and i wonder if it's as you share the journey richard that you went on to get to this point of discovery it's almost a letting go of going actually no you have to engage with all of it. It's not stop looking for that one magic thing that's going to fix these things. You have to actually walk the path and do all of those little things. So all those things that go through your head when you lie in bed at night worrying about your business, as many of us do, the answer probably is all of them, not just the one thing that's gonna fix everything. And, and it's interesting, I've seen so many businesses pin all their hopes on that one thing, whether it's you know, what I used to call the sort of um, the, the knight in shining armor strategy, if you could just hire the right person, all our sales problems would go away. <laughs> I've rarely seen it, if ever, actually work. So I I think it, there's a sort of call to arms, maybe, um, for, for for our listeners. What do you think, Mr Moore? You must have uh, fixed more yeah, than I was just thinking, things. you know, you walk into any
3: bookshop and the business book section, you know, it's all about do this, do that. And, you know, there's an industry built on people who tell you that, there, is, there are mm. silver bullets, and they have the silver bullet that will cure everything. So, yeah, I'm, uh, it, it made me smile. I love the poetry in it. I have to say, the, uh, mm-hmm.
1: the, silver, the, the no silver bullet is the silver bullet. But, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Anthony. And, and that just reminds me of a conversation I had recently with an organization that we were looking to provide services to one of my clients. And when they picked, when I actually spoke to them and said, this is our problem, this is our issue, how can you solve it? Their initial reaction was, well, it's not, it, there is no there is no silver bullet here. This is a process. This is the learning. All of a sudden, that was such a refreshing um, thing to hear from a salesperson to just tell you that back and manage your expectation rather than, as Alex, you say, that constant kind of bombardment. You know, you must see it on social media the whole time of just do this and, you know, <laughs> you're going to get a six pack. It's like, no, to get a six pack. So I've got to do 10 different things and it's really painful. But Richard, you were going to come in and...
2: Yeah, so I didn't mention it, but the other thing, sort of going back to what Ben said, is there was a bit of a mindset change. Actually, it was quite enjoyable once I realised mm-hmm. that actually I can just search every corner of my business and find something to make better, and it's worth doing it. And I and I could just repeat and repeat, and I really loved that. And that's when I mentioned about <clears throat> getting the team involved. I gave them permission to find things and improve them and and if it went wrong fine we'll deal with it and just that was great as well because six to ten to twelve people pushing and all changing mm. little things makes a massive difference so, very cool very cool well i'm sure we could we could stay on
0: this one for ages but uh, time waits for no one and it doesn't wait for us um i believe not only have you learned something but you have also read something for our benefit and we
2: would love to learn more i have so i'm 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 going to refer to a book that I read, which is called The Hour Between Dog and Wolf, Risk-Taking Gut Feelings and the Biology of Boom and Bust, written by John Coates. Um, the, the saying, The Hour Between Dog and Wolf, is from medieval French, and I apologize for butchering it, but the French version is Le entre chien et loup. This refers to moments after sunset when the sky darkens, your eyesight can't distinguish between dogs or wolves, friends and foe. Um, the book, John, the author John Coates, he was a successful trader at Goldman Sachs, Merrill Lynch and Deutsche Bank, and then he turned neuroscientist and gained a PhD from Cambridge. And one thing I've done with this book that I've never done previously or since, is I read it from start to finish and flipped it over and started again. Um, chain reading, you might call it. Um, and the reason it really resonated with me is I'm not, I'm not very good at accepting or being told something is the way it is or just accept this. I need to understand how and why things are a certain way and what this book does it gives a great insight into how the human mind and body work together in relation to decision making in stressful situations high pressure situations but also how those decisions can lead to self-perpetuating outcomes through positive feedback loops Um, and that ultimately changes our body's chemistry and that's one of the reasons why we get booms and busts um, and although it is written for trade, it's absolutely applicable to business, sports, life, risk-taking, etc. Um, we're all aware of teams having winning or losing streaks, and this unpicks and explains the, the physio, physiology and biology that's going on in the background. And the benefit for me, having read this book and getting this understanding, is it really gives me ability to almost step away from a thought, a, an emotion, just reflect on it It doesn't necessarily change what I'll do but it gives me a second to just think well that's interesting why am I thinking that why am I feeling that and understanding that it's just the basic primitive mammalian biology Mm. going on and then I can make better choices than i perhaps otherwise would very cool
0: I mean I was a big fan of um, where a piece of knowledge point uh, and Mr. Moore, I were talking about the other day, well, where one can respond instead of react, and um, fascinating that that uh, the body chemistry plays such a, a significant role.
1: Uh, yeah, I I sort of reminded of 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 a moment where you know you get that email. And that email, something really riles you. So you press reply and you write down and you, you're you thrashing out and steam's coming off the keyboard. And then and then you press send. And then in the morning you wake up and reread the email and you think, oh my goodness, you've calmed down at that point. You've reflected and you think to yourself, boy, I wish I hadn't written that email. And I think there's that, that, that learning in life when you, you know, by all means write the email, just don't press send. Um, and Alex, it's something that you've always shared with me. Is I don't make a decision when I'm angry or tired or upset. Yeah. I wait till it. I wait till it clears. And I remember um, a number of years ago now having a consultant that worked for me, and it used to infuriate him. He'd want to come in and go, "This is what we want to do next." and can I go and do it? And I'd say, "Well, where's the data? You know, what's the basis for this reason?" Okay, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. And used to infuriate him that, "Oh, you're going to sleep on that, aren't you?" And it was like, as if I was doing it out of spite. But it it was doing that to regulate and just ensure to, to, to Ben your point that, you know, it's, it's you know, we're, we're taking the emotion out, we're making a considered decision. Because quite often now, and I think the, the more experienced you get, does anything need a decision immediately? There are very few things in business that actually need a decision to be made in one or two minutes. That said, I also see teams that take weeks to make decisions, right? <laughs> so, so, so of course you've got to have that balance, that healthy balance. Mm. I mean, I like the sound
3: of this book a lot, um, and you know, this the topic of keeping your head and using this book with a medieval French. I just think that's so clever, and I think as a as a entrepreneur, using different lessons of life, different a wide range of books, a wide range of people who think differently to you. To just help you see things that maybe aren't you aren't seeing, or help you remind things that you've maybe forgotten along your journey, just to keep that level-headed, the good decision-making process. Yeah, my, my thing is only make a really big decision when I'm in a good mood, mm-hmm. because um, you know it stops me making bad decisions or reactive decisions, rather, you know, logic. And um, I'd very much like to read this book actually. It sounds really good.
0: To get a have to get a copy to share we? Yeah. I, 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 one of the things it was interesting when we talked about your theme richard we were very close to this sort of idea of unconventional wisdom or learnings that actually contradict some of the the, the body of opinion that's out there and i mean do you i've often felt that there, there can sometimes be this sort of veneration of emotion um in in, in some of the sort of entrepreneurial. Business literature. Oh, be guided by your emotions. They'll oh, and be passionate. Yeah. Be passionate. Mm. And actually, I've seen so many examples of emotions guiding people really badly. Like <laughs> this is completely the, not the outcome you wanted, um, but you've ended up with it because you got cross, and now you're here and you're living with the consequences of that. Is, is that something that relates
2: resonates for you? I think. I mean, I could talk for hours on on things like gut feelings and, mm. and the science behind it and the studies, which I, I find amazingly interesting but I'm not sure everyone would but I I certainly wouldn't want to take the position where I'd say we shouldn't react on emotions or we shouldn't react on gut feelings because actually I think there's a lot of evidence that if you have a gut feeling for example about something there's probably a good reason why and it's more about identifying what the reason is and then reacting properly rather than reacting to the gut feeling so it's just given that gap I think. So, I, would, I think passion is important. I think it, 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 I would certainly not try to suppress that. But for me, it's just that pause before acting mm-hmm. is what this gives.
0: The pause before you shout, before you <laughs> shout. or cry. <laughs> great, great wisdom. So, I think your, your final item for us today, um, in a highly disruptive move, is we're going to finish with what you have seen mm-hmm. um, that has been a source of inspiration
2: for you. Um, Please share, Richard. What have you seen that you would like to share with us? Yeah, so I I changed the order because the other two I thought were quite deep and perhaps a bit more uh, um, scientific or something. But whereas this one is is a bit more simple. It refers back to, uh, I started to try my hand at kite surfing a little while ago. had a few lessons, I was watching a video, training video on it, there was these two guys talking. Um, And one of them says, so what's your take home message or what's the one thing you would say to someone? Almost like a silver bullet, I guess, for um, (laughs) kite surfing. And he he just said, very sort of blase, don't sit on the beach. Um, And it just resonated with me. I was like, I really like that. Really just go out, just grab the opportunity. So I actually wrote it down, put it on my notice board, which is behind my screens in my office. And then recently, I promised to take my boys camping. It was only a few weeks ago actually. Um, but I was behind on work, There'd been a lot going on in my life. I'd had to go and see a friend who was very unwell and sadly had passed away about a week before. We were due to go camping, and my nan had passed away a few days before. I was knackered. There was a crash on the M25, so I knew there was gonna be a delay. The three of us going, I couldn't find two sleeping bags. I don't know where sleeping bags go. Um uh And it was forecast to be four degrees at night and I knew I'd have to put the tent up in the dark and I'd have a wet tent to deal with when I took it down. And I was sitting at my desk figuring all these reasons why I shouldn't go and I just glanced at this thing I've written on my wall, don't sit on the beach. And I thought, I'm just looking for reasons, aren't I? Mm -hmm. So I just grabbed some duvets, chucked them in the car, we got there, put the tent up and, you know, that evening I was sitting down, had a beer in my hand, my boys were playing about in the field with a rugby ball under the stars and I thought this is actually what I needed, it was exactly the right thing to do um, and yeah all my reasons were you know it wasn't that cold and I, we didn't even use the one sleeping bag we did take because it was actually mm. quite warm, I've been camping hundreds of times in the UK, I've never had a dry tent, the tent was dry when we took <laughs> it down, um, it was just every, all of the reasons were just non-reasons so yeah there you have it, don't sit on the beach.
3: I like it. Um, Particularly, that list of always being a list of things, or reasons to not do something. For me, they all they almost almost outweigh a reason for doing something. But that should never mean that I don't do something. But I, do, I, you know, I find these people very frustrating, especially people like, oh, I wish I wish I ran my own business, but and then they come up with a whole list of doing it. You know, like, you don't wish you want to have your own business because otherwise, if you did wish you had, if you did really mean it, you would have your own business by now. And I think there's this overanalyzing, looking at risk too much, being too scared, um, wrapping yourself in cotton wool, wrapping your kids in cotton wool. When there's just, you get out there, you, yes, you might fall over. It might all go wrong, but at least you've tried. So I like that. It's a good one. I'm glad you changed the order because that's a lovely one. That's a lovely one to end on. What does anyone else, does anyone else want to contribute to
1: Yeah, that? I, I suppose, I mean, I, Richard, you and I spoke about it a few weeks ago, and I've used it several times where I've had that fear moment. Where I've had that fear and just go, oh, I'm not sure, and then that 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 quote has come up in my mind, and you just go, what do you, you know, like with, with the other stories that you shared, right? Life is too short, right? And I know that's that that that's said a lot, but it really is, and and so those moments where I've had the opportunity to either present or not present or facilitate not facilitate, it's like, don't sit on the beach, just get out there, and of course those moments, quite often, you know, those parties that you think oh, I really don't want to go to that and you you find a way to go because you don't sit on the beach they're quite often the best moments mm. and I think for me I, I liken it to you know I do some cat herding on a Sunday morning as you know mm-hmm. um, uh, under eights rugby coaching and, and quite often there, there are there are boys and girls that turn up who for whatever reason are nervous about getting involved and the parents are sort of you know are there but maybe wanting to take the you know not get their child involved and it's just giving them the the chance to just go just just do this small thing and the rest will follow right just just do this small thing and the rest will follow and there's nothing and it's kind of that moment where you want to say to the parent no don't let them don't let them sit on the beach get them get them to come and be involved and then that moment at the end of the session where they've got a big smile on their face they've got their cheesy chips or their hot dog or whatever it is they're eating and you just go that's the reason why we don't sit on the beach because we just overcome that fear, overcome that blocker and the rest will mm. generally take care of itself.
0: I, so many of the entrepreneurs that I admire the most, I think, um, ha, have this spirit of adventure, you know, I mean, there are entrepreneurs out there who I think don't have that and are rather dull um, and create rather dull businesses. But, but <laughs> every entrepreneur that I've, I've really admired has this incredible sense of adventure. Okay. Um, and, and, whether it's jumping off the cliff and working out how to build the airplane on the way down or whether it's, you know, whatever the metaphor. But I love this one because it is so elegant. Don't sit on the beach. Um, You know, many episodes ago, we talked about a, a great author whose advice to budding writers was pick up a pen. (laughs) <laughs> it's, mm. it, it, i think it is so true to say that it's often those moments of decision where we have to just stop the internal voice and go no i'm going to do this i still remember some time ago uh alex um uh, and i we, we, we were about to plunge into a new business venture and uh I don't know which one of which one of you said it but it was i'm really looking forward to making some new mistakes which is always a brilliant way of looking at it and um, you know oh, I'm really looking forward to finding another way to break my leg on, on this kind of thing <laughs> um, but a wonderful a wonderful thing to share um, so how, how would
2: you how would you wrap, wrap it up Richard so uh, well we started with keeping your head didn't we um so I guess it's good to reflect back on that so I, I mean I think there's a few things that we again could probably talk at the length on many of these mm-hmm. things but I I'm gonna reflect probably bounce back to something that Alex said that that there are all these lessons and learnings and advice and places we can look and actually the key I think what hopefully what I've shown here is is what I've pulled out of it which has worked for me Mm. it may not work for others and Mm. people might take away from this stuff that does work for them they may reject it say actually that's not for me that's fine but I think it's important to find some things that resonate with oneself so that you can use them to to help you achieve what you want to achieve so um yeah that was a bit waffly but hopefully that sort of yeah it, it, no, I it's it, very is, it is a yeah. richard's founder found hacks there. dare i say <laughs> richard's found
0: a hacks. no I, I, and i love that I mean, and i think the, this idea of a sort of smorgasbord i think is brilliant that um not everything worked for everyone and it is that journey of discovery personally and for your business that's an important component of any entrepreneur's journey and and, and great entrepreneurs like yourself, two or one, um, walk that journey and and discover those things that become the the cornerstones, the foundations of their approach and their way of rising to these challenges, as unique
2: as they are. There's probably one other thing which I think probably Mm -hmm. again comes out is that don't always get it right. I think of each of these, or only two of those, I've shown that I didn't necessarily start out making the decision the way I should have done or would have wanted to. And, and and it was only perhaps a bit of time that I then did. So yeah, so there's a bit of vulnerability in accepting that, yeah, that I shouldn't have done it that way. You know, I should have just gone camping. I shouldn't have faffed about, but I did faff about. <laughs> I need. I had to have that other thing happen. So that's okay. I mean, I think that's okay. I think that's, that's human, isn't it? Absolutely,
0: you can, always, you can always turn the ship around.
2: Um, well, we are
0: on that note, uh, sadly, at time. I'll do my best to, to briefly summarize um, your, your foul hacks for us today. So, first of all, maybe there are no silver bullets. Maybe trying to improve one thing by 100% is a myth, but improving 25 things by 4% is far more doable. A lot of little changes, paradoxically, Could this be a silver bullet for your business? The dog and the wolf describes to us those moments when you can no longer tell friend from foe. But maybe in those moments, is understanding your body chemistry a way to unlock your ability to make better decisions? By stepping away from the moment of reaction and recognizing that our body chemistry may be driving the way we're behaving, we can consider different approaches and maybe choose one that is more likely to get us to the outcome that we really want. And finally, the reasons not to do something are almost always much easier to find than the reasons to take the plunge. Ultimately, don't sit on the beach, surf it. And if it goes wrong, remember, you can always turn the ship around. Richard Guyver, thank you hugely for some profound founder hacks. Uh, I think a little round of applause. Yeah, amazing, very good. Thank you very much indeed, Richard. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, So, uh, thank you very much indeed. Well, thank you, Ben, Anthony, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Well, you have to come back again. So, uh, it remains to say, of course, uh... Uh, A small and uh, modest uh, thank you to uh, Mr. Anthony Enright. Well,
1: you're very welcome.
0: (laughs) And an an equally uh, petite and uh, well-formed thank you to Mr. Alex Moore. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Richard. (laughs) And, of course, as ever, a reminder to our listeners that if you would like your Hound of Founder Hacks in written form, please go to www.atomics.co.uk where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, documenting the great wisdom we harvest from the entrepreneurs uh, around us. Uh, Equally, uh, if you've disagreed violently with something that you've heard today, please do let us know. We love a debate. Uh, Or maybe if it's been something that's added huge value to your business, we'd like to know that too. Until next time, I've been Ben Thomas. This has been Founder Hacks. And thank you very much indeed for listening.